0: Welcome to the author commentary for Star Wars From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back. Here we go behind the scenes with contributors to discuss the creative process behind their stories. A word of caution before we begin, these conversations may contain story spoilers. You have been warned. I'm Alex Davis, one of the Delray editors who worked on this amazing project. Right now we're talking to Sarwat Chada, author of a story called Standard Imperial Procedure. Sarawat, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. Hello. Yes. So, um, the garbage guy, Ashton. Ashton? How, how do you pronounce that?
1: Yeah. Um, what can I say? I wanted to pick the most unheroic character <laughs> possibly imaginable. And so, you know, you've always got that story where There's the guy from the very bottom or girl from the very bottom. They become the accidental hero. No, this is the person that wants to stay where they are. They're not interested in any heroics. They don't want any glamour in their life. They just want to keep their head down and just do their job and get their pension at the end of it. So that's what I thought the garbage man would be a perfect vehicle for that. And also... Before I became a writer, I was an engineer, and so it appealed to me to actually put in an engineering character within the Star Wars universe.
0: Yeah, you know, you can really tell with uh, the technical uh, aspect of the story, is all really sound.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's one of those things where you, I think I find the minutiae really fascinating. And so you have like the grand heroics, of course, but then you're thinking, you know, like, you know, with all the space battles, I thought, surely they must salvage all the broken bits. And, you know, as it, I suppose it's like, how would an engineer view? It says, oh, well, look, there's a TIE fire flowing outside the Death Star. If we collect it, there may be stuff we can reuse. So, um, yeah, I just found, found it, you know. And what is the Empire? It's a massive, massive machine but the engineers and the garbage men just go terribly unappreciated. I thought this was their chance for them to make their mark.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Empire itself, one of its classic silhouettes, the big old Star Destroyer, it's just this big sleek shape, but then you look closer and there's all these just like little like bits and bops and greebles stuck to it and you're like, what is all yep. this? And it all is- makes sense to some engineer. That's That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Like, turbine 5 million or whatever needs
1: a <laughs> little oh, tweak what, what, was, what was rogue one the whole thing was about an engineering problem true
0: very true if,
1: if those ports you know the whole yeah the whole um, saga hinged on it
0: <laughs> many Bothans died doing QA um, <laughs> Yeah. So, in addition to being a story about our uh, engineering protagonist, it also is a story, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, about Boba Fett.
1: Oh, it was one of those situations where when I was, you know, when you guys asked me to write a story for Empire Strike Back, me and I'm sure every other writer you requested thinking, right, should I be doing the Boba Fett story? Yeah. And so it kind of like leapt to the very, very top. And I thought, well, actually, what would be really great is to do an outsider's view uh, where you incidentally bump into Boba rather than Boba being the central bit of it. Yeah. And also it was one of those things that, I'm going to explain my age. I saw Star Wars back in 1978, so I'm like part of the OG fan base. Yeah. Yeah. And when Boba Fett first appeared, he was one of many other incredibly cool, incredibly weird-looking bounty hunters, yeah? And so you didn't automatically think, oh, that's going to be the one that we're going to remember 40 years down the line. And so I wanted to go back to that. He's just one. Yeah. And the attitude you notice in the movie is, you know, the Imperials really despise and look down on bounty hunters. Yeah. And so even though Ashton may be a garbage man, he's an Imperial garbage (laughs) man. And even an Imperial garbage man is more important than the most dreaded bounty hunter out there. And so I thought that would be quite a funny little take, and, you know that classic case of he's tr- actually is trying to throw his weight around, and there's that sort of cold moment when you're thinking, "Oh dear, I've really been off more than I can chew. Yeah, and I wanted that sort of that carpet pulling moment to be there in Ashlyn's life when you realise actually maybe I shouldn't back chat this guy. And so yeah, uh, but have Boba Fett. Beyond on the periphery of Ashen's, you know, world as he would have naturally been.
0: You know, I had never actually thought about how the bounty hunters sort of feed into the Imperial hierarchy that we see uh, throughout the movies, uh, which reminds me of a, a line that you use uh, describing the situation in the mess hall of the Star Destroyer, where you say there was nothing dividing the officer's area from that of the enlisted. No walls, no guards, just the high barriers of rank and privilege. It really, this story really centers kind of class and class struggle uh, within the empire um, into itself. Tell, tell me about, tell me about that. Well, remember the you know Star Wars: A New Hope, how all the
1: Imperials were played by British guys yeah and so you can tell by my accent yeah i still you know we are you know we were the evil empire for a couple of hundred years and so in a way it was like really easy to just you know compare the parallels because they're so blatantly obvious and so um you know britain established this empire through the navy being in the navy was like you know your path to you know you know certainly to riches, and so I wanted that same attitude to be in you know the Galactic Empire, and the Navy cannot run unless there's a super 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 strict hierarchy, and it's so ingrained. I think in Britain it's it's so so ingrained in our culture. There's a um, you don't cross a line even now because. You just can't imagine being able to cross it, even though there is no physical line. And I wanted to play on that idea with with Ashen being in the Navy. But also, you notice that Ashen, there's that little spark of rebellion in Ashen. The reason he got demoted was because he actually had the initiative to do something different than the standard imperial procedure. Yeah, But if everybody started doing something differently, the whole system would absolutely collapse. And so I thought it was also ironic that, you know, the the very people that the empire is chasing, he could have found them for him, uh, before them because he broke standard imperial procedure, but there is no breaking that. The penalties are terrible.
0: Right, right. We have, it's so interesting in Ashen, this, this character who, you know, tries something different is, is smacked down to it, down to um, garbage man level, basically. Yeah. Um, but despite seeming so clear eyed about like, what's going on, why this happened, what the consequences were and what that says about the empire and having that cynicism in the character, um, he stays so tied to the life. He's still, you know, doing his job. Uh, he's a, a stickler for the rules it's made him hew more to the doctrine than away from it um whereas we see other imperials um throughout the series even in this collection uh you know recognizing the issue and using it as a break point to step away from the life or even to join the rebellion what do you think is different about ashen
1: i think it's it's funny i think it's the difference between how what you could say as an artist and i keep on going back to this is versus an engineer yeah now you know i studied engineering and a lot of the most of the laws of engineering and thermodynamics were established back in the 19th century yeah we don't add anything particularly new to them because you can't those <laughs> are the laws and so with the irony of it is ashen became head of engineering and so he must have done that because he was a stickler. Everything he did was exactly and utterly by the book. And so he rose up in ranks. And the one time he decides to do something not by the book, bang, he's blown all the way down to basically collecting garbage. And so I think he's he's basically been broken by it. I think that's really the you know, he's a you know, he's like a minute teeny weeny little cog in a gigantic galactic machine so he doesn't have the i think he doesn't have the imagination perhaps i think he could play a bigger part and so you know the thing about and i felt really sorry for poor ashen he's really dedicated his entire life oh, yeah. and he doesn't deserve what he gets but you know it's you know them's the breaks, basically or not <laughs> as the case may be.
0: Yeah, the the tragic irony that the first time he finally gets through to uh, his minions about following procedure and doing things right, it gets him vented into space. I know, I know. So um, one final question uh, for you, and this sort of ties into what we were just talking about. Um, The title, Standard Imperial Procedure. Um, Can you tell us how you settled on that and its significance to the story?
1: Right, you know, we've had the whole high drama of um, Han Solo dodging the asteroid field, going down the giant worm, etc., etc., And, you know, they're, uh, the Empire is being devastated by trying to follow them through this asteroid field, yeah? And what I loved about it is, of course, it ties in with Han's background that he was in the Imperial Navy. And so there's this fantasy that at some point, ashen and han could have crossed paths. well you know of course it's gigantic but there's a similar mindset that they've been brought up with but while ashen got trapped by it han is able to think outside the box right and so i thought it was a really really nice touching um commentary on how for both of them Stat, um, standard imperial procedure for Han is a leap to freedom, but for Ashen, it's actually the thing that basically destroys him.
0: Yeah, I I hadn't even considered the parallel with uh, with Han. That's that's amazing.
1: Uh, well, just like, it was just like this casual little line, but I just thought, actually, yeah, that really, really personifies how somebody deeply immersed in the empire would think. Everything is standard imperial procedure.
0: If you think about it, what happens in the story almost is also standard imperial (laughs) procedure, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nail that sticks out gets hammered back in. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Well, Sarwat, it's a fantastic story. Uh, Thanks so much uh, for coming here to talk to us about it. My pleasure. And uh, thank you for listening. Um, you can read Standard Imperial Procedure and all the other stories, and from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back, available now from all your favorite booksellers in print, ebook, and audio download. Thank you, and may the force be with you.